and welcome to the Built Environment Marketing Show. And I am your host, Iowa Bass from Abbas Marketing. We're a marketing consultancy that specializes in working with architects and engineers, some of the leading lights that you probably do know. I help them with their marketing strategy, but also their content and their campaigns. So I do a wide range of things, pretty well, I hope, uh, and I really do enjoy it. Anyway, today I am sharing a recent episode of a LinkedIn Live that I did. Um, it's a new series that I'm actually doing with Stacey Meadwell. Uh, it's called the B2B Comms Breakdown. So once a month, we go live over on LinkedIn and also as a webinar. And we answer free content related questions. And we also take questions from the floor as well. So it's a lot of chat, kind of going through the topics and themes of, you know, of that, of that session. And it's good fun. But we also share a lot of good nuggets, as you're going to hear. Anyway, the topic for this first episode that we went live with was B2B content creation, how to avoid overwhelm and how to get strategic. So that was our first episode where we talked about how to decide on the type of content to create, whether it's okay just to create one type of content and also which channels to use and how many, because as we know, there's tons of them. Anyway, I'm going to stop rabbiting on and you can get on and listen to this kind of very special kind of takeover of the Built Environment Marketing Show, Stroke B2B comms breakdown. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to the B2B comms breakdown. It's the first one we're doing. And if you are watching us live, please do say hello in the comments because uh, we can see them and we know that you're there. Uh, I'm Ayo Abbas. I am a built environment marketing consultant and I work for, I guess, a range of architects and engineers doing content and campaigns, which I love. And I'm Stacey Meadwell. I'm a former property journalist turned content creator and trainer working with businesses in the built environment. Brilliant. And thank you so much for joining us today. And we are going to be talking about how to avoid content overwhelm. Articles, blogs, videos, podcasts, carousels, panels, tons and tons of different ways, lives like this as well. There are loads of ways and kind of B2B content options out there. Um, and so what kind of platforms and outlets should you be using and which one should you be publishing on? Time is always short and overwhelm is kind of understandable at the moment. Let's talk a bit about how you decide what type of content to create. So I guess I'm going to kind of put some principles in place because I kind of think we are all busy, right? So you know, content is another thing to do. Even I'm starting to get to that stage where I'm like, there is like so many other things I could be doing with my time. So I'm going to start off by saying you've got to make sure that you move away from perfection. So like sometimes getting it done and getting it done to a decent standard is better than nothing at all, right? And I think often when it comes to what type of content I want to create, I have to think about what story it is that I want to tell. So that's normally where I start is what's my story or what's my hook or what am I trying to communicate? Or sometimes it's like, oh, I've not done one of these for a while. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> if I, it's true. You know, you suddenly realise, like, we spoke the other day, we were like, oh, we haven't done video for a while, have we? Let's do an intro for this on video. So I think it's that kind of thing of, like, a mix of what the story is I want to tell, but also, you know, what content type works for that story as well as. But also I think there's also that thing, like we said, was like sometimes people aren't posting certain types of content at the moment. So maybe you doing that makes you stand out from the crowd as well. I mean, what's the kind of ideas and thoughts you have on that one, Seth? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. Um, I think it's important to focus on what you feel 
is achievable, what you feel you 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 like. Um, but I think it's also important to focus on where your audience is. Um, you know, is your audience watching like 15 second videos on TikTok? That's probably where it should be. But if they're not, then maybe that isn't the play, that isn't the type of content that you should that you should be creating. Um, and I would add, don't necessarily think of one type of content in isolation. And I'm sure that we might dive into this in a little bit more detail, but think of how you can maybe repurpose one type of content in easily into another format. Um, think about where your audience is, but I would also add, don't forget new audiences. Um, it's very easy to get stuck into doing one type of content. As you said, Io, can you do something different? Is there a new audience you want to reach? Are they um, consuming different types of content rather than the type of content that you are creating? Um, but I think it comes back to do what is what is achievable, what you can easily do to start with um, and what you enjoy creating, I would say, is a, is a big part of it. Yeah, I, re I remember I interviewed uh, an architect uh, from BVDS um, and he talks about finding the channels that you could you really enjoy. So like he loves talking, him and his partner in his practice. And, you know, so they do podcasts. I mean, they're, they, you know, they're on TV for God's sake. But like, but what would do, and they, they played on their strengths. And I think that's what makes it easier. So how do you decide what type of content your strengths and what you enjoy comes into it as well as your audience? I think it's that whole getting that mix right. But I think one of the things you said as well, Stacey, I think it's like also, it's about the content, but it's all about the story you're trying to convey. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's taking that story and actually using, then using the different content types for that one story. I think it's more about that than anything else. Yeah. I mean, I think see your content, you know, a piece of content as your hero piece of content that you can then splice and dice and do something with, um, which kind of leads on to the next point we were going to talk about is, um, is it okay to stick to one type of type of content? Um, and I would, I've, I, I think yes and no to that, but maybe yeah. you've got some thoughts on that IO before I launch into my thoughts. I know I want to hear yours. Cause I actually tend to agree. I started writing my answers earlier and yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, but yeah, go for it. Well, I think it's yes. Because I think, yes, in a sense, because it's better to do one thing and do it well um, rather than trying to do lots of different things and not do anything particularly well. And that relates to channels as well, which we're, which we're going to come on to. But saying that, can you easily repurpose that, you know, your one type of content? I mean, certainly, you know, it, with the sort of area of the built environment that I work with is very much focused on written content. And, you know, I'm a content writer. So, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot, of, I do a lot of that. But could you repurpose that written content into, say, a carousel with bullet points? It's a different type. It's a different format. It's a different type of a different type of content. So it's it's not necessarily sticking to, you know, one type of content and thinking, oh, or trying to do a video, a podcast, uh, you know, an article, a blog post, an event, and do trying to do everything. But it's like, okay, we're already producing written content. Can we turn that into something else? Um, you know, another example is, you know, if you're holding events and you do round tables or panels, can you turn that into a white paper or a report or a series of articles? 
Um, so it's it's yes, it is okay to stick to one type, but I would say think beyond that one type of content and what you can easily repurpose it into. So I completely agree with you on that. I think I think there was also that issue of not everybody likes one type of content. Mm. So some people are more visual. Some people learn, you know, some people take stuff in more from words. I mean, to be honest, I don't read that much anymore. I normally just listen to stuff, right? So audio books, audio, you know, podcasts, all of that video, that appeals to me right now. But then actually, if I want to digest information, I might read a blog and write something down. So I think we all learn differently and taking information differently and our clients and our target audiences will be exactly the same. So I think only having one content type, you might be limiting your reach because there are some people who will never, ever listen to a podcast or audio. So if that's your thing, then you're going to be missing that audience. So I think it's just trying to kind of work out, you know, if it's this is my primary piece of content or content type, but then also these are quite easy that I can, you know, create something that's worth worthwhile in these other mediums easily I think you've got to have that there but and I think in some ways to do that having the right systems and processes underneath so that makes it easy to repurpose and recreate I think that's the key because then that just makes it a lot easier to do yeah I, I, I completely agree and it comes back to that hero piece of content um you know this live is a hero piece of content for both of us and we will repurpose it, splice it, dice it and chop it up and use, turn it into lots of different formats without creating content from scratch. Because that's the big, that's the big time consuming bit is creating a new bit of content, new bit of content from scratch. So, I mean, coming back to obviously the theme is avoiding overwhelm. Is, yeah. Yes, it can be overwhelming trying to do all these things. But think about if you, you know, think about that one piece of content. Are there easy ways you can repurpose it so it is in yeah. different formats? So you're ticking those boxes. You're reaching those different audiences, those people with different preferences and how they consume consume content. And I think I think that's a good point. And I think like you know that whole thing of you know you I mean you could literally like take a written blog and just speak it to camera on your phone. And then that's an audio then, you know what I mean? So there are simple things that you can can do and or having a carousel, you just take the headlines out and things like that. And they're really, really practical. And then you can go, that's a carousel. Look, that's done. That's another type from that one piece of content. But I do think that thing you said about, you know, at least you're starting, we're starting from something with this. So rather than starting from a blank page of I've got to do five posts on LinkedIn, oh my God, at the beginning of the week, it's actually looking and, and thinking, actually, I've got this blog I did there, haven't I? I could literally just turn that into this. And then, you know, using that kind of repurposed sort of content from elsewhere for a couple of days. And then actually there's only three new posts you need to do. And I think it's stuff like that as well, where you can kind of get smarter with stuff you already have as well. So it just make it reduces the overwhelm because then you're like, actually, that could just work as a carousel or that would be quite quick. So, yeah, I think that's another thing. Which which kind of leads us neatly into channels and what channels should be on and how many channels should you be on? <laughs> and you want to go first, or I, I well, I don't, I'll go first if you don't mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would say don't put all your eggs in one basket um, because. If you know if your primary content channel is LinkedIn or is a social media channel, you don't own that. Anything could happen. You could get locked out of LinkedIn. I mean, 
I'm, I'm not on Instagram for work, but I'm on Instagram for, for my, for my hobby. And I got locked out of Instagram on Sunday and, you know, I'm at the whim of, of meta in terms of letting me, letting me back on. I didn't do anything bad, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to post a question about theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say don't put all your don't put all your eggs in one one basket and at le- have at least one channel that you control and that could be your website it could be you know content that you put on your website it could be you know yeah. a it could be a newsletter or an event that you own or something that isn't um completely beholden to the overlords who run who run the social media channels and you know Social media channels come and go. I mean, look at what's happening with Twitter now yeah. um, in the, you know, in the past sort of 12, 12 months. Um, you know, who'd, who'd have seen that? Who'd have seen that coming? Um, and I've, I've got a tip about how to, you know, how you can fill channels easily, but I'll go over to you. I don't want to talk too much. Though. Yeah, don't talk too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I was thinking about this and I was like, I mean, I use, I use, I basically use most channels because I'm a marketeer and part of what I do, I always sort of say, I can't really go out and tell, you know, advise people on what to do on social media and if I don't use them. So that's one of the reasons you kind of see me everywhere, but some stuff I'm just testing out more like TikTok and things like that. But I think for smaller firms, I was thinking about this question. I was like, I would tend to say, stick to one platform ideally or one or two at a stretch. But, you know, obviously, like Stacey said, I also have your email list and your own channels that you own that you can feed people through to because that's ultimately what you want. You want to own that contact. You want to own that data. Um, And then I I just thought about it. It's like, take LinkedIn. If you run a company and a personal page properly where they're kind of intertwined, working with each other, fueling each other and compounding, that's a lot of work, right? So you could just be building that up and getting better at doing that and making impact for both your company page and your personal page. And then you could also just say, actually, we want to go go in deep on LinkedIn. So then you could start adding ads, for example, or you could start adding newsletters, or you could start adding lives like this one. So you could literally have one channel, but have a wealth of different content types within that one platform and just become really, really good at it. So I think that's kind of one thing to think about is like, actually, you could become a lot better. And they're always bringing out new features as well, right, that they never tell you about, but they do bring out a lot of new features. So it's making sure your whole profile is updated and you're making the most of the new features because generally they give them a hell of a lot more traction than anything else. So you could literally just build it out like that and you could do one one platform but just do it really well and then you've got a secondary one that you just drip feed stuff, but uh, you have one that you do really well. Social media platforms are very, very time-consuming and this feeds into your point about doing one and doing it well. I would don't choose to be on lots of different social platforms if you can't do them properly. You know, yeah. LinkedIn works better if you are active on the on the platform. If you're just posting once a month and then disappearing, it's posting never and ghosting. posting and ghosting is never gonna work for you. So choose the platforms that you have got the time or as many platforms as you have got time to to devote in in enough energy into into making sure that they work you know it's like any platform i'm starting off on youtube youtube doesn't work if you're only publishing a video once a month you need to be kind of publishing regular regular content you need to be you know and doing and doing it properly so yeah i completely agree with your point if you're gonna you know choose your channels depending on 
how you know how much time you've got to give them. I mean, I I you know I've, for lots of reasons I don't use Twitter for 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 work anymore. But one of the reasons is I haven't got the time to prime the algorithm to use it properly to make it work for me. I just haven't got time, so I devote my attention it's to, to the mess. So don't bother wasting your time. <laughs> my feet are like, oh my god, <laughs> just, my Twitter feet. I'm like, it's just this mess of tabs, and you're there going, what is this? Every, like, Elon's ruined the platform, man. It's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was a very early adopter of Twitter. Um, you know, I, I got on it sort of, I think, 2008 or something, and I loved it, and I, I, I found it brilliant for a long time, and then I just kind of moved away from it because its usefulness stopped. And now, you know, now I just don't have the time. I just don't have the time for, you know, LinkedIn is my social channel. I have other channels, but LinkedIn is my is my social social channel so yeah that would that would be my advice hi it's io here and i just wanted to tell you a bit more about the show the built environment marketing show was set up during lockdown one as a way to help firms do better marketing it was very much about having the conversations that i have with my friends and showing what best practice really is In terms of me, well, I'm actually a generalist marketeer, so I guess I know lots of things about marketing and how to pull everything together. So I could be talking about, you know, PR or understanding what to do next strategy wise or figuring out how to get in front of the right audience or what messaging you should be using. Those are all things that I'm kind of really skilled in and understand how to do for my clients. I now work for myself and I set up my own consultancy at Bass Marketing in 2020. And I'm working with a range of engineering and architectural firms and even prop tech firms who really want to, I guess, talk the language of their clients and their audiences and do something a bit different in terms of their strategy and content. If what I do sounds of interest to you, do email me at io at abassmarketing.com and that's A-Y-O or head to my website, which is www.abassmarketing.com for more info. There's also a link in the show notes. Bye. So we've got a question. Yay! Yay! Thanks, Yusuf. Since I recently started out with B2B content and my first brief is to write a blog post targeted to a business leader and government with a CTA redirect to a former blog post on our website. If this if this story will be outlined, why will it be? I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about your what you what your question is, Yusuf. I'm could you maybe cla- what your what, what could you clarify? Yeah, if you can clarify that, we'll come back to it. We have a comment, and I mean, this is a question. It's quite a long one. Uh, working in the roofing industry has made me restrict uh, restrict to only being blog posts to drive audience. After a while, there are instances where I really get stuck to think, like, mm, what should I create on my blog now? What do you think is a good way to get out of the phase and come up with new ideas for written blog content? Um, oh, I've got some yeah. good ones on this one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Coming up with ideas. I mean, we, we've we've had conversations about this because I and I are, are both in the camp that we never have problems coming up with our own content. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> have too many ideas. That's the worst yeah. thing. Or you're like, oh, my, it's just like yeah. yeah. And my, I'm, I'm, my, ba- my background is I was a features editor, and at one point I had a thousand pages a year to, to fill and commission and stuff. So my, my, I'm primed, but I I know that not everybody is 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 primed for that. Um, I would have a look at you. I would go back through your content and have a look at the content channels. You know, what are the types of content you do? Do you have three or four different types of content that, you know, three, four different topics that you write about? 
um, you know, like say, for example, you know, for, for me, I, I, I write about writing, I write about, um, you know, press releases, I write about property, um, and I write some personal stuff. So that's roughly my, my four kind of content channels. So have a look at what you're, what you've been publishing. Is this, is there a pillar missing from your content channels? Um, is there something, um, you know, are you missing peopley stuff? Um, are you, you know, is there an area of your business that you're missing? Are you covering all the questions that your customers ask or your clients ask? Yeah, are go, you, get, are, sales team are amazing for that. Like to go and ask mm. the sales team, what, what are people asking you about at the moment? I think, I think that's a really good one today. So well done. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, go back to, go back to those customer queries and see, yeah. yeah, And see, see if there are areas that aren't covered. Um, I did some work, I did some work recently for, for, for a client on this very, you know, on this very thing, how do we create, how do we, you know, come up with ideas? And one of the things that we discovered when going through the content pillars, but also we looked at the audience and who their target audience was and all their content was focused on one particular audience group. Yeah. So actually, when they started looking at a different audience, you know, target audience, there was a different type of content that they could then put out that was target- yeah. targeting them. So. And actually, just on that roofing one, I think there's also the whole thing of, oh, is there new legislation coming out? There's always that angle, isn't there? Which I always yeah. think on, on the kind of what legislation's coming up. Are, you know, are there any trends in the industry happening at the moment? Who's doing really well? Um, you know, and and also I, you could break it down to some of the kind of difference, you know, the customer viewpoint. Actually, when it comes to roofing, is it about the homeowner or actually are you, are you targeting the contractors, which audience you're talking to? So you've got things like that, I think. And I think, you know, you could talk about how to do stuff. You can talk about, you know, why you should choose certain, I don't know. I don't do roofing, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I have done quite a lot of products though. But um, I think it's just trying to, yeah, legislation I've found has been actually a really good one. This is coming up and you're prepared. That kind of stuff is really good. Or here's a, you know, a useful guide on how to do such and such. So I think there's kind of stuff you can do around blogs on that. But yeah, I know what you mean when you're talking about one thing. It's like, how do I change it up? But also you could talk about, you know, do do spotlights on certain supply, supply chain and stuff like that and talk to them, you know, get to know the people behind the product type stuff. So, yeah, it's stuff you can do. But yeah, I get what you mean. And same, all those ideas as well work on socials as well. So that's the kind of stuff I would say. Mm. It, it is a, it is a it is a tricky one. It's one that we come up. Cat, um, hello, cat. Um, do you agree? Think attention spans are dwindling on socials generally. How do you think this affects the type of content we we're sharing? E.g., punchy, colourful vids rather than short uh, shorter word sentences. Um, I mean, I, you know, I haven't done, I haven't sort of seen any research into this, but sort of anecdotally, people um, seem to be saying that attention spans are shorter. But then when I've done a poll about this or question about this, um, some people still do prefer long form content. Some, you know, that's, that's their thing. Um, I think, Yes, shorter is particularly on LinkedIn. Shorter seems to be doing better on LinkedIn. There was a phase when everyone said, "Right, really, right up to the maximum word count on your post." But it feels like they're getting. They're, <laughs> got you know, time for that? No, and it, I, I mean, I, I don't read long posts on LinkedIn. It's just like it's a really no. long post unless it's really, really, really engaging. I won't, I won't read it. But that's just me. Everybody's, everybody's different, and I think it's good to have 
a little bit of, you know, don't just do all shorts content, yeah. but maybe try and throw in something that's slightly longer. Um, I mean, I think for me, I think short content can be your hook to reel someone in. You know what I mean? The short stuff is like, and it's like, actually, I want to know more. And then, then you, they, that can link into the longer piece. So I think getting the two to work together is probably the way. But I mean, I still think there is a role for longer and people still do delve in longer. They do want that, but not everybody's going to want it. But yeah, I like short and punchy personally. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the, that, that suits me. It's like, well, the only time I like longer content is podcasts. I don't like short podcasts, you know, it's just, I know, I, I just. Mine, mine, mine is 10 minutes today, is that too short? <laughs> it's, it's, more, it's more a practical thing, it's just like, because I tend to listen to them when I'm out walking and I don't want to have to be constantly going for another for another episode, I want to just be able to put a podcast on that's not, it's fine, I'll forgive you, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be 10 brilliant minutes, 10 brilliant minutes. 10 brilliant minutes about yeah. not being boring if you want to yeah. go listen to that. Right, um, uh, Alison's next, isn't it? So how do you know what resonates with your audience? Do you use um, software uh, metrics um, in LinkedIn? It's okay. Excuse Don't worry. Uh, on my phone. Don't, Don't worry, worry, you're fine. We'll hide we, it. We, we, we can read. Our brains are very good at auto-correcting. It's fine. It's fine. Do you know what? I think it's naturally, I, I miss out words when I write. I swear like, my fingers can't keep up with my brain. So there's always like a word missing. I do as well. I, I do as All well. I no to, yeah. So I know, you're you're the metrics person. I am the metrics and analytics, which I love. Um, I guess on LinkedIn in particular, I mean the analytics for LinkedIn have got so much better in the past year. And I, I don't know if I'm seeing it because it's creator mode or if everybody has it, but definitely you can really kind of you can look at your posts from the past 365 days. You can you can even see like which types are doing well and all that kind of stuff, which levels of audience, like, you know, is it directors, is it founders, who is who is actually looking at your content? So if you haven't looked um, at the kind of metrics on LinkedIn, I would say, and it's for company pages and for personal pages, it has got so much better in the past year. So you can literally go back and see actually what has resonated with my audience. Actually, is this the right audience that I want to be targeting? And you can kind of have a deep dive and just play around and have a look there. So I would definitely say to do that. Um, before that, I was using Shield Analytics, but I haven't renewed because I was like, actually, do you know what? LinkedIn's actually pretty good now in terms of its analytics um, for what it can do for you. So I would say go back and look at the numbers and the data and and also just kind of get a feel of like, what was your most popular post last year? You know, which ones really resonated with people? Which ones had the most comments and stuff like that? So just go back and have a feel. And then you can start to, you know, understand you know, what stuff is engaging with those people that you really want to talk to. So, yeah, that's how yeah, I do it. I mean, and I, you know, I always, I also look at the the stuff that hasn't performed well and see what lessons I can learn. And sometimes it might be that it just hasn't, it hasn't been presented in the right way that maybe the, the opening line wasn't as catchy or the headline wasn't as grabby or it didn't, you know, it didn't have certain key phrases or something like that. So um, sometimes it might be just that people weren't interested, but sometimes there might be other reasons why some, something hasn't performed well. Sometimes it just doesn't perform. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> it's, sometimes it's just like people like, so what, don't care. Yeah, it could be the best post in the world, but you know what, you've missed it. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay Yusuf's come back with a rephrase starting out with b2b i got this long brief which appears overwhelming compared to b2c 
in brackets, which what he did before, which revolves around content pillars, which are best tied to drive sales or position as a thought leader for a brand. But in this instance, the blog post is targeted to business leaders and government to position as for investment. What will your advice be? Okay, I do understand that now. I'm going to put that away because it's a very big question. It yeah. cuts off our face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm vain. Um, but like, it's the same mechanism. So what would your investors and what were those business leaders? So you need to drill down into those audiences and understand who precisely they are because business leader is a very, very broad term and government is a very broad term. So you need to drill down into who those audiences are in those two buckets, those two target audiences. And once you figure that out, then it's about that next level down of, you know, what's their issues and what do they care about? And then that's where your blogs can come in. How do I answer that? And how do I respond that? Respond to that? And I think B2B is like B2C, but you just need to drill down. The business leader is very broad. Is it a business leader who's a CEO of a bank or is it a business leader who's actually just running the small business? You know, like business leader can mean anything and government is exactly the same. So you just need to get some granularity on what that is and drill down into what's their issues then you can understand what to what your company's response or how they can help them in that kind of area. So that's kind of how I would approach that. And I think B2C is like that. It just seems bigger, but you just need to drill down more. We've got two more questions, which because uh, we're, we're coming up for half an hour now. I wasn't expecting to be talking for quite, so, quite so long. Thank you so much for, your, for, for all your brilliant questions. But let's quickly go through these. Um, so this is from a LinkedIn user, uh, ideas for B2B email list building apart from masterclasses, like your brilliant ones. I mean, I'm very new to email. Um, I've only, my email list was only set up last autumn. So I'm still in the very early stages and still very much learning. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm going to pass over to IO for this one because you, yours has been going a lot longer than mine. Um, sometimes the email list building, I just ask. I say, hi, I do this email. Follow it. Uh, sign up here. So sometimes I literally just ask people. Um, other things you can do is trail it before it goes out. This is coming out. It will have this, this and this in it. If you like it, where your existing audiences are. If you like it, sign up here. I've seen other people like Nikita Morel, who's amazing. She is a comms person who specialises in writing for architects. And what she does in every single LinkedIn post is always, if you like my stuff, link, you know, here, all her LinkedIn stuff is sign up to my email list. And that's her main CTA on everything. Because her approach is once you're on my email list, you'll get regular posts from me. You'll get regular, regular content from me and you'll see it. So that's what she wants. She drives all content, all, all kind of, all CTA activity goes straight to her email list. So there's a number of ways you can do. When it goes live, you can kind of sit there and flag and say, this has just gone out. If you want to sign up, this is how you can get it next time. So there's lots of kind of things like that, as well as you could also do things like downloads and stuff like that and giving away free downloads. You know, come on, you know, here's a social media posting guide, which I have got one on my site, actually, which I've done. Um, you know, and you can kind of use that as a hook to kind of get people on your mailing list. So I hope that helps. Cool. Final question. Um, how do you manage clients who are far too cautious about saying anything that could be interpreted as controversial or against the grain? This can be a huge barrier to having anything interesting to say um, in comment pieces. Yeah, this is this is a this is an interesting one. And, uh, you know, I do because um, I write a lot of a thought leader for people I ghostwrite a lot of thought, thought leader comment and there can be there is the nervousness around putting your head above a head head above the parapet um 
I think there are ways of presenting a viewpoint in um, in a friendlier sort of way. I think you need to back up what you're saying. Make sure you've got evidence. I think acknowledging that there are other viewpoints and there are other, you know, other things at play. I think, you know, you set out, well, this is what I think. I mean, you know, there are these other things going on, which may, you know, sort of balancing that, balancing that discussion. Um, I used to commission comment pieces for the magazine I worked on and people would send in pitches for comment pieces and they wouldn't have an opinion. They'd basically be sending a press release. (laughs) It's not going to get published. And I think if you want to build, if you want to build a, you know, a reputation as, you know, somebody who's got insight into the market or a brand that has got insight into, into the market that understands the industry, then yeah, you need to kind of be putting an opinion, having, having an opinion, but just, you know, Set it, set it out as a balanced viewpoint. The yeah. other thing to do, which I don't think people do do enough, is ask for other people to go. This is what I think. This is why I think this. What do you think? You know, and yeah. actually ask other people's ask other people's opinions on stuff and make it a conversation rather than sort of standing there and going, "This is what I think, and this is my opinion, and I'm right." You know, so yeah. there there are there are nuanced ways of going around it. But yeah, I, I appreciate that it is it is difficult. God, you know what? I have to admit, the first the first response that came to my head was find find more exciting clients. But that's probably not the answer. First thing that came to my head, I was like, oh my gosh! But no, we all we all do face it, and uh, Stacey's answer is a lot more sensible. Um, we do have one more question, but I don't know. Should we should we do one more question? It's a and then, it's a oh, it's a comment. Is it all right? Okay. Um, want to be diplomatic and quite generic careful with language what do you think about using more spicy language in content um Ooh. oh <laughs> yeah uh i i mean particularly i'm sorry one of the things i find frustrating with the built environment is everybody you know for years and years and years i've worked in the industry and everyone said it's a people industry it's you know it's all about the people but there's so little personality that comes across in the content that is put out um and you don't have to i think yes you need to there's no point creating content if it isn't engaging it doesn't sound human you know and and it's yeah boring um (laughs) but you don't have to go you don't have to go crazy it might just be you know a few words a turn of phrase a particular phrase that someone uses that is that is just makes them sound human um it's about not using the not using corporate language that is just the sort of stuff that you feel you have to write because it's corporate. You know, use words and language that you would use in conversation. If you can't imagine, if you're reading something and you think, if I was talking to someone about this, would I use that word? If you, if the answer is no, don't use it in your content. And you can make little subtle, you know, subtle differences in in your content just by just by word choice. Um, I saw I saw a post on LinkedIn um, the other week, and it was talking about a. Uh, uh, refurbishment project you know uh, uh, regenerating an existing an existing building and they use the word recast this building has been recast as and I just thought it's one it's you know rather than using regenerate or repurpose they've used the word recast and it's you you know what it means but actually it was a nice little word because it it just gave this sort of image of the human it's it's more human it's a bit more colorful so you know I appreciate that people are very nervous because they've been writing in a corporate way or producing content you know using a corporate language for so long 
that you, you don't have to go all innocent smoothie and you know be really sweary not very often I want to I want to you know the other thing I want to flag up is you know which comes back to your point that you made right at the very start um IO about he doesn't have to be really polished um but there's a developer capital and centric have a look at their LinkedIn feed have a look at their their managing directors LinkedIn feed it's not they they do brilliant stuff but they haven't kind of polished it and sort of it does it does it's it him. just it's it's him you know that it's yeah. you know that it's the people involved in the business that have written it you know there are typos there are you know it doesn't matter the content is brilliant um so i would i would check i would check them out because they do they do great they do great stuff and right. they really add personality we've got a love it and thank you from Alison proctor thank oh, you thank you thank you for turn, thank you and then we've got a comment from laura well, I've got a call with next week, actually. Hello. Um, it says, yes, exactly that. Uh, this is exactly what I've been thinking, Stacey. There's no soul to a lot of comms. No soul. I agree with that. <laughs> but as you say, you don't have to go overboard. You just have to sound like the friendly people you are in real life. And if you're not friendly, maybe don't be on social. <laughs> 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 well, shall we shall we round things off by giving our one act? Because we we decided beforehand that we'd have we'd finish on one actionable tip. Going back oh, to gosh. our theme of of avoiding um, content overwhelm. I do you want to go first, Io, or shall I go? Yeah, first? do you know what I think? The one thing for me is actually just finding a story that's interesting that you want to tell and telling it your way. Brilliant. That's a great actionable tip. Um, mine is do more with less. Don't feel that you have to create a fresh new content every single time. Get your hero piece of content and splice it and dice it and use that to fill different channels. That's my, that's my tip. Thanks so much for listening to the Built Environment Marketing Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes, which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode. You can find that on abassmarketing.com. And of course, if you like the show, please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us. See you soon.